Donald Trump called him tough. Rush Limbaugh read one of his articles live on his radio show. Ann Coulter tweeted that article to her one and a half million followers and declared, every sentence is perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, former chief editor of the Jewish Press, Elliot Resnick. Welcome to the Elliot Resnick Show. George Orwell's Animal Farm begins with a group of animals overthrowing their human overlords and attempting to set up a socialist paradise. Two pigs, Napoleon and Snowball, become the de facto leaders of the group, but they can't agree on anything. Each has a different vision for the farm, and they're constantly arguing and seeking to convince the rest of the animals to vote for their proposal. One day, the farm's dog gives birth to a bunch of little puppies. Napoleon volunteers to educate them, and life on the farm continues as usual, with Napoleon and Snowball constantly opposing one another. A few years pass. Then, at one of the farm's general assemblies, Napoleon lets out a loud whistle, and several ferocious-looking dogs emerge from the back of the barn. These dogs, the cute little puppies that Napoleon had volunteered to educate a few years earlier, run towards Snowball, seeking to kill him. Snowball manages to escape, but he never returns. With the vicious dogs by his side, Napoleon now becomes the undisputed leader of the farm, and he turns the farm into a dystopian, totalitarian Soviet dictatorship. The moral of the story is obvious. Whoever educates the youth controls the future. Right now, liberals run America's public school system and America's universities. It's therefore almost a miracle that half the country still votes Republican. But that won't last long if conservatives don't wake up and start opening their own educational institutions or taking over existing ones. Right now, aside from a handful of religious colleges, the only conservative or even neutral institution of higher learning in the country that I'm aware of is Hillsdale College in Michigan. Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida wants to add a second institution to this list, New College. Not long ago, he appointed several stalwart conservatives to its board of trustees, including Christopher Rufo, with the explicit goal of turning New College into a traditional liberal arts college that cherishes knowledge, cherishes the free exchange of ideas, and cherishes American values. The board has already appointed a new president, it's got rid of its gender studies department, and it aims to do a lot more. Our guest today is Bruce Abramson, New College's admissions director. He is a conservative and pro-Israel writer. I myself published several of his op-eds in the Jewish press when I was the editor of that paper. And he thinks New College would be a perfect institution for young Orthodox men and women who are interested in a traditional education on a pro-Israel campus. The administration has already promised to cater to Orthodox Jewish needs, including kosher food on campus, if there is a demand for it. Bruce Abramson hopes to create this demand, and I think it would be amazing if from Jews could be part of a conservative educational renaissance in this country. So I invited Bruce to join the program today. Bruce, make the case for why a young Orthodox man or woman should go to New College over, say, Columbia University or the University of Maryland. All right. Well, thank you very much, Elliot. Thanks for having me here. And I'm thrilled to be talking to you about this. One point in what you said, I don't know if you're aware, but Hillsdale College is a religious college. Hillsdale is a Christian college. It's not a public institution. Technically speaking, it is. But from what I'm told, you don't have to go to church there. As opposed to many other Christian colleges, you actually have to attend church. You have to explicitly sign some sort of statement saying you believe in the Christian religion. It might be technically speaking religious, but I don't think there's actually... One of the reasons I raised that is that early on in the reclamation of New College, there was a line that got tossed out. We were trying to build the Hillsdale of the South. 
And I think it's important that people understand that what we're trying to do is actually a bit more radical than that, because Hillsdale is a Christian college and religious colleges operate on models that won't work for public colleges. So we are really the vanguard of trying to put together a model that works for public colleges, which is really what we're going to need to retake education in this country. It's nice to have religious institutions. It's nice to have private institutions. But unless and until we show that it's possible to retake our public institutions, we will be losing. Now, you ask specifically about Orthodox Jews. Like many of your viewers, I'd never heard of New College until last January. I happened to be reading shortly after Governor DeSantis made his announcement about the new board. And I looked up and I said, I've been waiting 30 years to hear someone say that they're going to fix higher education. I need to be part of that. And I hit my network and I did a lot of networking until I got to talk to the people leading the charge. And I made them an offer. I said, you know, part of my career has been in academia and here's what I could do for you on faculty. And part of my career has been as a troubleshooter and a problem solver. And here's what I could do for you as a troubleshooter. It's probably easier to bring me in as part of the administration, but really just get me to Sarasota, get me on the ground, put me on the team, and we'll figure out what I do when I get there. And they said to me, would you take a look at our admission systems? Because we've been having a lot of problems with those. And I said, sure. And that's how I ended up as admissions director. And one of the questions that I asked was, what does our ideal student look like? We're trying to build an institution that harkens back to what people thought higher education was 20, 30, 50, 60 years ago. We want a place where you can come in with any perspective and engage in civil discourse and free exchange of ideas. And we've got a curriculum that is designed to promote self-directed students. You come in, you get a faculty advisor. At the beginning of every semester, you talk about your short and long-term goals. You craft a program that works for you. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, what is an ideal student for new college? Well, first of all, we need students who are academically strong because we're an honors college. Then because of the nature of our curriculum, we need students who are self-directed. Then because we're recommitting to classical education, we need students who are, let's say, not averse to the Western intellectual traditions and Western classical civilization. And then four, we need students who come in secure and confident in their own identities. So this is all framing of where the institution is and the sort of students that we're looking for. And I happen to know, as someone who went through a yeshiva himself, I know that Jewish high schools are turning out far above average numbers of the students like those that I just described. Which school did you go to just quickly before you move on? My high school was called Manhattan Hebrew High School. It was short-lived. It lasted for about six years in the 1970s. Okay. It was run by Shlomo Riskin before he decided that he got a better deal to found that fraud. Uh, before that, I went to, uh, to Ashar, which I believe is now a new city. When I went there, it was in Muncie. And in fact, I was there long enough ago that I was there when it changed its name to Ashar. It had been the Hebrew Institute of Rockland County. Uh-huh. And long before that, I did uh, pre-kindergarten and kindergarten and part of first grade in Eitz Chaim in Borough Park. Okay, thank you. So I I just wanted quickly to find that out. Okay, go ahead with your answer. So, I mean, I know this world, and I know that the students I just described, right? Academically strong, self-directed. Certainly, if you've been in a Chavrusa program, you're self-directed. Okay, much more so than your average high school student. Uh, Clearly, if you're coming through a Jewish school, you've got less of an aversion to Western tradition than do uh, many public school students at this point. 
And students who actually make it through a 12th grade Jewish education have a strong enough sense of identity that they're not going to wither on the vine, right. that they can present with pride and not feel that they're under attack. So I know that I'm looking at this pool there. Now, October 7th happens, and all of a sudden, I'm starting to see notices from college guidance counselors from Jewish schools concerned about the institutions that they've spent decades cultivating. Our top Jewish schools have excellent relationships going back decades with the Ivies, with the top state institutions, Michigan and Maryland, uh, UCLA, Berkeley, schools like Northwestern and Stanford. But these are now the campuses that have become least safe for Jews. You've got blatant anti-Semitism, in some places violent anti-Semitism, and you've got administrations that are ambivalent at best. You know, we have been, quote unquote, lucky so far. We have seen a lot of anti-Semitic mob activity. We've seen a lot of harassment. We've seen a lot of calls for violence. If unchecked, they will escalate into violence. And so far, they haven't been checked. New College is part of the state university system. The chancellor of the state university system is a guy by the name of Ray Rodriguez. Rodriguez came out with a marvelous statement in support of Israel. And then Richard Corcoran, who is the president of New College, came out with an even stronger statement. All right, but let me ask you, because right now New yeah. College is a conservative institution or aiming to be one. I say conservative because nowadays, if you like American, like Western civilization, you're basically conservative. Anyways, but that's what it is right now. Who's to say that it will remain one one day if Florida elects a Democratic governor? Also, my professor at YU, my philosophy professor, who was a religious Christian, that's a miracle, but he once said that most professors are liberals because a conservative head of department will hire a liberal, but a liberal head of department will never hire a conservative. So why won't the same thing happen to New College over time? You know, look, there are no guarantees. I mean, I can't guarantee what's going to happen in 10 years or 20 years down the road. I mean, people have asked me, why don't I think that the next governor can't come in and undo what DeSantis has done? And to some extent, yes, that's always possible. But the thing that people have to understand is that despite the stories you may have read in the press, the story that the press would like to tell was that DeSantis looked up and down his state. He found the most woke institution. And he said, I don't like its politics. I'm going to take it over and, and turn it from a crazy left wing place into a crazy right wing place. That's the story the press wants you to believe. It's nonsense. OK, the world doesn't work that way. You can't take over an institution because you don't like its politics. The only institutions that can be taken over are failed institutions. The reason that DeSantis was able to take over New College was that New College was a failing institution. New College was founded in the early 1960s to be a top liberal arts college. And right out of the box, it succeeded. I've met and had the pleasure of speaking to alumni who passed through here in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And really, for the school's first 35 or so years, it was, I mean... For extended periods, it boasted average entering SAT scores that were a shade below Caltech. It had multiple years with selectivity rates. That means it was harder to get into than Yale. Yeah. I mean, it really was a top flight honors college. Poorly run business. It was launched as a private institution in the early 60s. It ran out of money in the mid 70s. And the state took it over in 75, which is why it's now a public college. Somewhere during the 21st century, and, and I haven't pinpointed where, a lot of things really started to tail off. 
probably 10 years ago, the school was in trouble. In 2016, the leadership of the school commissioned a self-study because it needed to improve. And it laid out a series of not even terribly hard to reach benchmarks and metrics. And not only did it miss its benchmarks, it moved backwards. Um, There was a constant clamor in the state legislature. It's a very small institution. It's an institution whose goal had always been 300 entering students each year. It had never made that until this year. So you've got this school whose goal is 300 honor students that was getting maybe 25 honor students in a good year and not filling its class with otherwise acceptable students. It was hemorrhaging money. So the reason that Governor DeSantis was able to take over the institution was it was a failed institution and there was a clamor to shut it. And rather than shut it down, he handed it over to new management. Now, once you've taken over a failed institution, you actually have a fair amount of latitude as to which of many competing management teams and philosophies you select. So the question as to why can't the next guy just take it over and push it in another direction is, well, first of all, if we continue to fail, they can and probably will. Although, quite frankly, rather than turning it around, they'll probably shut it down. We are probably the last chance for this institution. And if we succeed, again, it's not that easy to take over a successful institution. The other thing is Florida politics are trending in the right direction. You know, DeSantis is very popular in Florida. He's very popular in Florida because he's done a good job. And so odds are excellent that whoever next runs in the Republican Party will basically campaign on, I'm going to continue doing the good work that Ron DeSantis has done. So, you know, the groundwork is here. The Republican Party is strong. The state Democratic Party is not in good shape. The best the state Democratic Party has is probably Nikki Fried, who's now the head of the party. I think conventional wisdom has it that she was the one who helped prep Gavin Newsom on how to attack Ron DeSantis. So uh, will the Democrats ever again win in Florida? Yeah, sure. Not one of these days. I don't know when. But I believe that we will succeed before that happens, and we will then be hard to, hard to cancel. I saw something you wrote. You were mentioning that New College has an opportunity, and I think you're on point. But I wonder if you could talk about it. It has an opportunity now to attract many top-tier professors around the country who love teaching and had a wonderful career until five or 10 years ago when all of a sudden they find themselves under attack. They can't speak their mind anymore for fear of being canceled and or some of them are canceled. And a new college has an opportunity to attract all these amazing professors to it because it's going to be a traditional liberal arts college where a professor could speak his mind and not be worried about being canceled or have a woke mob outside his office calling for him to be fired. I wonder if you could elaborate on that point a little bit. And, and are you, in fact, attracting such professors? So we are attracting applications from around the country and we're hiring. You know, we had a lot of turnover, a lot of students left and a lot of faculty left. And that created a lot of faculty openings. Of course, faculty hiring anywhere, including here, is a very long and complicated process because, quite frankly, it has to go through faculty committees. Okay, and nothing, nothing ever speeds through faculty committees. And we do have some people here who are slowing it down. I mean, there are still members of the faculty who are extremely displeased with the new management and new direction. And, uh, you know, we've got our share of saboteurs who don't want it to succeed. Uh, Many of them left. You know, it was a good year to leave. I mean, it was a good year to leave for a lot of reasons. First of all, there were people who were legitimately upset with the new direction and could not and would not have been happy under 
current leadership. And, you know, the, both the decent thing and the smart thing to do is to leave. Why would you stay someplace that you no longer think you're going to be happy? Then, you know, there are always people who are sitting around. We're a small college in Sarasota. There are always people sitting around thinking they'd like to make career moves. And from their perspective, last year was a wonderful year to go shopping because whether they believed it or not, all they had to do was say, I'm a refugee from Governor DeSantis's horrible conservative crusade. And of course, they would immediately be popular on any campus they wanted to apply to. Right. So, so you've got places that never would have looked at their resume before that, that suddenly get PR and brownie points because they're helping people flee from this horrible conservative crusade. So it was a great year to leave. And a lot of people did. But it does create a lot of openings. And we are hiring. We are attracting people. I, I want to get back to your original point. You're specifically about Orthodox students. I want to talk more broadly about Jewish students. Okay, go ahead. The administration is led by people who are committed to making the campus safe and amenable to all sorts of students. And they understand that the Jewish students are good students. So I've had, once I told people that I thought that there was an opportunity here, and I said to them, you know, to a large extent, this is kind of how Princeton built the Institute for Advanced Study by taking refugees from Vienna, right? And this is how... My mother, Yeshiva Flatbush in the 1950s, had the best teachers in New York City because they were all blacklisted and couldn't work at the public schools. I mean, this is an opportunity. Dean of students said to me, you know, we're in the midst of getting a rebid for food services. We do that once every 10 years. Timing is perfect. Go make sure that everybody we solicit a bid from includes a kosher food option. So I got to the people who were in charge of that, and I gave them three questions to ask everybody. One is, do you offer a kosher food option? Second one is, have you ever partnered with anybody who could provide kosher food? And the third one that I think is likely to be most relevant is, if we found a vendor to provide kosher food, would it violate an exclusivity clause in a vendor contract? So we've got that option out there. And by the way, when Richard Corcoran sets out to do things, and you know, you talk about a man who knows how to take flack, in his previous job, he was the head of Florida's Department of Education. So he was the education commissioner, singularly responsible for keeping Florida's public schools open during COVID. Came up to me the night, he says to me, how do we get 60 Jewish students here next year? Um, the, the people are extremely supportive. They want to build, they want good students. Had a local Chabad rabbi said, if I brought you yeshiva students, could you get them free tuition? I said to him, it depends. If you bring me yeshiva students with 1,400 SATs, I'll get them free tuition. You bring me yeshiva students with 900 SATs, I don't know what I can do for them. Right. We've actually got programs in place. Florida has a wonderful scholarship called Bright Futures that provides good scholarships to Florida high school students who go to college in Florida. And we are in a position to bump it up. So if you qualify for the top tier of Florida Bright Futures, we will make sure that your tuition fees, room and board for four years are free. And unusually for a public college, we've got merit-based scholarships as well as need-based scholarships. So, you know, we can help good students come here. So it's, if not entirely free, very inexpensive. And that includes out-of-state students. So I've got commitment from the top. I've got locals who are um, interested and eager in helping us to build up uh, some Jewish presence here. You know, Sarasota is not Boca Raton. Okay. We are not a Jewish city here, but there is a Jewish presence. And we're not that far from Tampa. 
where there's a larger one. And quite frankly, for the kids growing up in the Southeast Florida corridor, and let's say between Miami Beach and Boca, we're really the sweet spot. We're far enough away that nobody will bother you and close enough so you can get home. I do the drive a lot, depending on where you're going in that stretch. It's three to three and a half hours. Interesting. Okay. I mentioned in the introduction that I see great value in Orthodox Jews being part of a national conservative pushback in education. Traditional American values are Jewish values to a large extent, and I think it would be a tremendous Kiddush Hashem sanctification of God's name and a fulfillment of our religious duties if we could somehow bring America back to its founding values. That's the way I see it. I wonder if you have your own reasons, not just practical reasons, but ideological reasons, why you would like to see Orthodox Jews enrolling in New College. First of all, I think visible Jews in particular need a place that they can feel safe. Not just they can feel physically safe, but they can feel psychologically safe, where they can express their opinions, where they can be openly and proudly Jewish. You know, I have been particularly heartened by something that I have observed over the past 10 years, and that is that unlike when I was a kid, Orthodox Jews really are accepted increasingly in large parts of the country, outside the urban areas, at times because they're Orthodox Jews. There are large parts of the country that actually respect people who stick close to their tradition. I mean, we know that there is a huge movement in philo-Semitic evangelicals. The evangelicals are not only great Zionists, they actually enjoy being in the company of observant Jews. They think that they have something to learn. You know, I was with a friend last night who said to me, oh, yeah, you know, I said he's no longer evangelical, but he still believes God's line to Avraham. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. There is a huge belief of that. And there's a huge group of people in this country who want to have access to visible observant Jews. And I think that it's very important for our community that we grow outwards, particularly because, you know, I spent 27 years bouncing around the country trying to get back to New York. And I got back to New York in 2012. I was living on the Upper West Side. And by 2018, 2019, I never thought that I would leave New York. By the spring of 2020, I realized that urban life in this country had been killed for a generation. And what we've seen over the past three years is really shocking. There is a race to the bottom. America's great cities, even some of America's second tier cities, are tripping over themselves to see who can become less livable. New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Philadelphia, Minneapolis, Portland, Seattle. These are all wonderful cities that are just self-immolating. They are making themselves unlivable. They are not recognizable from five years ago. And yet this is where all the Jews live. So we need to branch out and we need to, we need to figure out what to do. New College, like I said, is aiming to become a traditional liberal arts college, which nowadays is, winds up being more or less called conservative. I went on its website, though. If, if you just go on its website, it boasts about being green. It boasts about its first female president. There's language there that would seem to indicate still that it's, it's kind of like a liberal college. So is that because no one's gotten around to fixing the website yet? The website is horrible, and it's inexcusable. I found what I considered to be the most egregious webpage, and I fixed it as soon as I got there. Okay. But I will say that my first day on campus, the message I got was, everything here is broken. If you see something you know how to fix, do it. Don't worry if it's your job. So the website is a work in progress. It's already been changed. It's going to be changed more. I'm not sure I fully understood. The website is a work in progress. I consider it to be a disaster. 
I don't understand why it's taken so long to fix the website, but it's a mess. It is currently a melange of updated information and not yet updated information. Okay. Well, anyways, thank you so much for joining the program. Wish you a lot of success. And I really do think if it's everything that it promises to be, and it looks like it does promise to be that because there are real conservative stalwarts on this board of trustees. I agree with you. It's an, uh, perhaps a great, an unbelievable opportunity for conservative Americans or fair-minded Americans and for any Jew who wants a normal, traditional American education as opposed to a woke education and surrounded by like-minded people, not surrounded by enemies. And I wish you really much success. I have to get into my concrete pitch, which I've forgotten. If you know anyone who's applying to school or thinking about applying to school, have them submit an application, then have them send me an email, babramson at ncf.edu. Have them send me an email if they want kosher food, if they want a Shabbat program, if they want a Hillel whatever you think you need to be comfortable on campus, send me an email. If I can generate demand, I can have it in place by September. Okay, great. All right, that does it for us. If you like this podcast, please consider subscribing to it and giving it a good rating and a nice review if you're so inclined. I hope you enjoyed the episode and have a great day or a great night, depending on when you're listening to this podcast.